Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to Soulfully Awakened. I am your host, Nicole. And thank you so much for joining me for another episode. I'm super excited that you guys are back. So let's just go ahead and dive right into today's topic. So today I wanted to talk to you guys about self-care and loving yourself. Everything to do with loving yourself, self-worth. And I feel like this is a really important topic to have. This is one that I spend about, you know, a good month teaching my clients about. And then we carry that over into the focus of everything that we do. Because self-love and self-worth is a huge foundational building block within your path. And in order to understand where we are in life, our um, our energy attraction point, our beliefs, what we are currently manifesting, and just all of the different um, interactions that we are having, we need to understand our sense of self-love. So this is why I'm pretty passionate about doing it, because I know that this type of um, inquisitive and investigative work with ourselves is super vital, important, and it works because I've done it on myself because for years I struggled with seeing the worth of myself and for fully loving my body. It's been something, you know, over the past, you know, nine, 10 years that I have really actively worked on to be more comfortable, to accept and love exactly who I am and what I look like and what I have to offer. And what I find is most time, um, people that I work with or people that I meet, they have that same type of mindset where they feel like they need to look a certain way. They need to be a certain thing. They need to do a certain, um, you know, type of way of living, being, speaking, whatever it is, everything under the sun, you name it. I've heard it. I've seen it. And it comes from this place of lacking that self um, worth and that love for ourselves, And when you strip all that away, it's this feeling of, I am not enough. And this comes from this programming that we pick up unknowingly that we paint this picture of what we think the perfect version of ourselves should be, the perfect version of how we should live our life. And where do you pick these programs up from? You pick them up from maybe your childhood, your parents, your siblings, your peers, from society, wherever. There there are a magnitude of fields of programming that we tap into and we agree to this and we take it on and we think, you know, the, the more that you hear something, the more that you think that it is a truth and you unknowingly and subconsciously will take that on as your own or things happen to you. Somebody says something to you. So therefore, because as human beings, we really thrive on connection. We want to belong. We want to have a sense of community and we want to be accepted. As humans, we fear being isolated, being rejected, being told that we're not enough of something. We truly do. And when I work with people, we talk about that and we, you know, through dialogue, they begin to realize that 
yes, they've been carrying this with them and they did not realize that that fear of, you know, not showing up and giving themselves love has been running the show. And so when we undo those layers, we realize that, you know, we will mold ourselves and we will take on identities based on what somebody said that we should do or something about ourselves. And it could be something so tiny, you guys. It could be something so tiny that somebody has said to you that makes you feel invalidated, makes you feel unworthy, unlovable, a lot of not enoughness somewhere. And, you know, one of my earliest memories of dealing with self-love, like really, truly accepting myself for who I am and what I, and everything that I embody, um, happened to me, I think I was in eighth grade and I remember it like clear as day and it may be something so simple, but maybe some of you guys can relate to this. So, um, I was in middle school, I was in eighth grade and I was in, um, it class, which is industrial technology. So maybe if you're from a small town, you guys had industrial technology, which was like, AKA like shop where you learn to build stuff. So, you know, the things that like a lot of us girls probably didn't want to do, but you know, we had to take it in middle school. And I remember there was this boy, I'm not going to say his name in case you went to school with me and you know who I'm going to talk about. Um, he made like this comment and, um, it was like in the summertime and I had on shorts and he was like, Oh my gosh, your legs are as big as pythons. And I was not big, nor have I ever been big. And, um, you know, I carry muscle in my legs. I am extremely muscular. And with him saying that, that ingrained into my mind that I was no longer, good enough to wear shorts, that my, my legs didn't look good enough, that I wasn't enough of something that I did not look like this, um, perception of, you know, what a girl my age should look like. Like, oh my gosh, my legs are huge. And so this sent me into a tailspin complex. Truly. Um, I never wanted to wear shorts from that point on. Um, I was very uncomfortable, you know, with summertime, I disliked it. I hated it. I didn't like to wear shorts. I didn't want to wear jean shorts. I didn't want, um, to be around in a bathing suit. If I did, I always wanted to have shorts on over top, or I wanted to have a towel around my waist. I just became extremely insecure and very uncomfortable with my legs because of something that he said. And maybe he said it in a very innocent way, because we all know how boys can be at that age. They can be, you know, assholes or jerks or whatever. And to them, that's their way of maybe showing a girl that they have a crush on them by saying something like that. You know, the whole, any attention, good or bad is attention, but um, I did not take it that way. It really hurt my feelings. And I spent a lifetime, you guys, a lifetime of picking apart my body, looking in the mirror and hating my legs and being so upset with, oh my gosh, like why, why am I so muscular? Why do I have a a bubble butt? Why do I have these muscular legs? And just wishing and wanting to be, you know, soft and not toned and skinny and, and to have this completely opposite body type than what I currently had and what I, and currently like, you know, like the body that I have now, which we'll get into my story now. But, um, 
yeah, I spent a whole lifetime just hating it and just crazy stuff. Like I would have this, um, inner dialogue and there's this, um, Toltelic saying that like, we have a voice of a thousand people in our mind and they're all trying to talk and we can't hear through the fog and clutter and we pick up on a few different voices. And sometimes when we have these false agreements or false beliefs, those are the ones that we pick up on quickly and then we take it on as a truth. And that is something that I would do because I would have these voices in my head and I would have this crazy inner dialogue that I would think when I was wearing shorts or if I was like somewhere where I had to be in my bikini, that people were looking at me and thinking like, oh my gosh, why is she wearing shorts? She shouldn't wear shorts. Her legs are so big. I would have this crazy inner dialogue with myself that I thought that people were judging me and thinking that. And the thing is, I wasn't consciously aware that I was the one who was judging me, that I was the one you know, self-abusing myself and telling myself all of these mean things and keeping myself stuck in that, that vibration, that storyline that, you know, your legs are too big or you're not, you know, you're too much of this. You're not enough of this. I was the one who kept feeding into that story because that memory was so hurtful and it like, I never struggled with my body up ever up until that point. I didn't even think of it. Like I was just, you know, your normal, you know, 13, 14 year old, you know, teenager, you know, who was into sports, who had friends, who had a boyfriend and really enjoying life. And I didn't really pick apart my body. It was never a thought to me to like hate myself and to hate my body. That wasn't something that I was surrounded by. But that comment changed everything. It flipped everything. And, you know, that's why what we say and what we do matters. We have no idea how it influences another person. And this is probably a podcast in itself about, you know, um, conscious languaging and intention behind what we say and do. But to briefly touch on that, it's so important to showcase that, how I took that one comment. It's not like it was ever said to me any other time. It was one time by one boy. And he said it one time. And that started a whole reel. All in high school, if I wore shorts, I always wanted something to take with me to class, like a sweatshirt or something to lay on my legs because I didn't want anyone to look at them and to judge them because I thought, you know, they're probably thinking in their head, like, oh my gosh, you know, Nicole's legs are so big. And this carried over, you know, into my, my 20s and probably up until about when I entered my 30s, you know, I really started to work on it because I'm like, this is so silly. This is so silly, Nicole, like where you were so afraid to wear shorts. You're so afraid to be seen. And I still have my moments where I um, will look and I'm like, oh gosh, you know, but then I have, to, but I am so aware now that I'm like, no. You know, I am so thankful for my legs. I love my legs. You know, they they give me the ability to be active, to to do nature walks, to ride bikes, to teach fitness, to dance, to, you know, lift weights, to play with my kids. I, I have to remind myself and tell myself and vibrationally affirm to myself and show myself just how much I truly love my legs. And this has been a learning experience. Like 
you know, I still catch myself at times going to that place, but now I'm aware of it and I have different tools and things that I can do. And I know that by constantly affirming a new mindset, a new thinking pattern, I am helping to replace an old pattern. So you have to think at the time, like 13 to 14 you know, up until about 30. So let's say a good 15, 16 years of constantly feeling like that. That was 15 to 16. I mean, yeah, did I say 15? About 15 years of constantly thinking that and then having the experience, having the feeling, and then that feeling kept driving that thought of that ingrained mindset, you guys. 15 years of that. That is powerful so powerful and so you know I had to do a lot of work and it's not like an overnight fix it's first becoming aware of maybe like what your your most dominant thought is around not feeling enoughness of something and then starting there and starting to peel back the layers and looking at maybe where I have been withholding accepting myself because that's what really um when you're not practicing self-love, you're holding something back. You're not giving yourself acceptance of a part of you. And when you love yourself and you're showing self-love, you accept every single part of you unconditionally. And that's something that I'm very passionate about teaching my clients and people that I work with because that component of the path of your involvement on, you know, um, spirituality, um, manifestation, moving into your mission and purpose on this planet all begins from that seed of self-love. Your self-love, the way that you feel about yourself inside is the attraction point for the way that everything will manifest outside of you. It controls your beliefs. It controls how you feel about what you think you are worthy of getting, what you're worthy of going after. Your self-love is the basis for the way that you put your feelers out into the world. And so I'm super conscious of this now. I'm super aware of it now. And when I do have those thoughts, I'm simply the observer. And then I am the nurturer that goes in and says, this is no longer true for you, Nicole. You're, you're, you're beautiful. You're beautiful exactly as you are. And the thing is, we are so good at being loving and compassionate and accepting and seeing the beauty in another person before we can see it in ourselves, before that we can see it when we look in the mirror. And working with clients, I know this to be true because when I work with them and we start the topic and the lesson of self-love and we talk about being in awareness and being the observer of our thoughts and our judgments, That's a very interesting concept to get into when you start to observe the self-talk that you have and you write it down. I want to see all of it. I want to see all the thoughts that you think about yourself. When you, when you look in the mirror, you know, like, oh, you you look beautiful today or like, oh my gosh, I don't look good. I don't like this. I want them to write it down. I want them to observe it because this is how we bring something conscious. We bring it to the forefront so we can look at it. And then we, we do mirror work and mirror work is a concept coined by Louise Hay super amazing 
amazing lady who who started this whole you know um, affirmations I've talked about her before and you know she is huge on simply assigning mirror work and you can say anything in the mirror but for me I always want clients to look in the mirror and say you know I love you and I accept you exactly as you are. I love you so much and recite it and keep doing it on a daily basis for one to three minutes. And even you're probably listening. You're like, Oh, that's like really easy. After this podcast, I want you to go and try it and see the experience, the emotions, the feelings, how it feels as you're doing it and experiencing that. Because I would say about 90% of my clients have an extremely hard time with us. They have a very hard time with it. They didn't expect, you know, emotions to come up. Sometimes they cry. um, Sometimes they laugh. And when you laugh, that's just another way that the energy is circulating. It's moving about your body. Same thing with crying. It's totally fine and natural to cry. That is energy circulating and moving about the body. And what you want to do is you want to be extremely aware of how that experience is making you feel. Where do you feel the sensations? Where do you find your mind going? Because I can tell you the first time that you do it, you are going to want to look all over your face. You're going to want to be like, ooh, I have a wrinkle here, or oh, I have a blemish here, or this or that, or whatever. And we always want to take our attention back to our eyes and really look at our eyes and lovingly talk to ourselves. This practice is so transformative. I have worked with people over the years when they first do it, it was really hard for them. They didn't want to do it. They had so much resistance around it. And resistance to me is a pretty good indicator that there is something in this that is going to be super medicinal for you and activating for you. And you're having this roadblock come through and this energy wanting to come up and saying, yes, like, let's, let's do this. Like, let's sit here and let's do this. And those people who've been really, really resistant, they kept with it. They kept doing it and they have totally transformed the relationship with themselves. And then that created that fluidity and flow outward. And so we always want to start with ourselves. Having self-love and and being so proud of yourself and really like being like I love myself. I love who I am. That isn't selfish. That isn't egotistical. And I'm so sick and tired when people like truly authentically love themselves. People think that they're self-centered or egotistical. We need to stop that shit right now because there are too many people who do not love themselves. They go behind closed doors and they cry because they don't feel good enough or they don't like this or they want to look like this celebrity or they think that by societal standards, you can only be beautiful if you are this size or this weight. And I hate to break it to you know mainstream society, to Hollywood, but beauty comes in all different shapes and sizes and colors and genders and sexual orientation. There is no cookie cutter format for being beautiful, for being lovable. Everybody on this planet is different. Everybody offers their own beautiful, unique flavor. And that's what adds to this super beautiful melting pot of a paradigm, this energy. We all have our part to play. We all have our beautiful, unique puzzle piece. And the more that we can encourage each other 
and say, you know, that, you know, you're beautiful and, you know, I love you for who you are, or even start with yourself. Like, I love myself, work on yourself and, and really cultivate that relationship, really get to know yourself, meet yourself on an authentic soul based level and appreciate the humanness that you are. You chose to come here to this planet to experience life. And do you really want to waste your life hating the body that you're in? Hating yourself for what you think is a version of perfect that, you know, you'll never live up to because what is perfect? That's that's a perceptual thing. There is no there is no end game. We're not trying to reach this perfect body, this perfect job. What's what's quote unquote perfect for you is perfect for you. You are perfect exactly as you are. And so go through your journey really, you know, sitting with yourself and and seeing where you could be restricting or holding back loving yourself, where you feel like you're not enough. And this is going to take time. This is not like I said like a quick fix, but you listening to this right now You were led to listen to this podcast here talking about self-love and that is a huge step of awareness. So really be proud of yourself for that. And I want you to know that I honor you. I see you. I love you. And I think that you're beautiful exactly as you are. I do. And like I said, this is something that I have had to learn and cultivate in myself over the past nine, 10 years, really actively, consciously with awareness and intentionality working on it. And when, when you're in your shit and you're doing it, it's sometimes it's going to feel bumpy. It's going to feel confusing. You're going to have your days where, you know, you're, you're, you're upset, you're sad, you're in your shit. And then you're going to have your days where you just fully embody who you are and you get the glimpses of, this beautiful being that you are, you know, it's not about the physical body. It's not about what you look like. It's about the energy resonance and the energy resonance starts from inside. And when you feel so good from inside and you love and you appreciate and you respect yourself and you honor yourself and you feel that and you fully embody that and you like, quote unquote, walk that walk, you shine it outward and people feel that presence. And even though maybe nothing has physically changed on the outside, you made some big time moves inside and people can feel that. And they might say, Oh my gosh, you just look so different. I don't know what it is. There's something different about you. And it's because you started to work on yourself. You started to see the beautiful being that you are. You started to cultivate that relationship. And I always tell people, look at your relationship and your self-talk. Would you say this to your best friend? Would you say this to your sister? Would you say this to anybody that you love? And if you wouldn't say it to somebody you love, then why are you saying it to yourself or thinking it about yourself? You are the person that you are with the most in this entire lifetime. It's time to break the agreements, to rewrite the mindsets, to let go of the conditions and the programs that are running, that are no longer serving you, that are keeping you stuck in this flow of not feeling good enough, that you are not enough, that you are not this, that you are not that. It's time to let all that go. And, you know, with self-love, 
this, like I said, it's so foundational. It's such a foundational building block and attraction point for everything. And when you're practicing self-love, you are then inevitably going to want to do things that are caring for that love that you have for yourself. And that's where it comes, you know, different practices of self-care, things that fill up your internal well, which that's another huge component to having self-love, you know, and self-care and self-love isn't just bubble baths and face masks. It's a lot of other, you know, deep things that you want to do and um, things that are going to really assist you in letting go of toxic behaviors and maybe even toxic relationships. You know, look at that too. When when you start to define what, you know, self-love feels like to you and you step into your authenticity, maybe this is really going to have you step back and look at some friendships and relationships and um, things that you put your energy into that could be depleting it. Because when you are fully um, empowered with who you are, you begin to learn exactly who you are, what is worth your time, what is worth your energy, what fills you up, what doesn't fill you up, what things that you desire. You come into your own sense of self and you feel empowered and you begin to embody your authenticity. But embodying your authenticity is going to really ask you to come into self-awareness and look at where you have maybe not been exuding loving behaviors to yourself. So remember, self-love is not selfish. Feeling good about yourself is not egotistical. Feeling yourself and wanting to post a picture when you have a, you know, you know, you want to post your outfit, you want to post, you know, you feel beautiful posting a picture of when you feel good is not self-centered. And I'll do a whole talk on this too, because I have a whole lot of feels about people who get mad at people for posting selfies and, and things like that. The judgments that are put on people who do that. And, um, but yeah, so just know that if you're going through this feeling of trying to love yourself and you're struggling I've been there. I've been there and I see you, I feel you, and I have compassion for you. But have compassion for yourself as you navigate this, really. And just be patient with yourself as you're going through. Like I said, the first step is listening to this. Obviously, you're drawn here. And to start being in awareness. So... Yeah, just want to thank you guys for for joining me today and I hope that you enjoyed this talk about self-love and um, that you'll continue to keep joining me. And as always, if you're enjoying the content in this podcast, I would love it if you would please share the podcast. You can share from here. You can share it to your Facebook page. You can email it, text it to your friends, tell your friends, your neighbors, whoever, just cultivating that community is super important to me. And the more people that we can bring to soulfully awakened, the more people that we bring into this beautiful awakening energy. So thank you so much for joining me today, guys. And until next time. Mm -hmm.